Hi, this is Kev Legs Walker, and you are about to hear a podcast of an interview that appeared on Shades of Blues here on The Cat. And there will be plenty more as we delve into the archives. Sit back and enjoy. I am delighted to say I'm now joined on the phone by Xavier Vargas. Uh, Xavier, are you well? I'm fine, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm still alive and well. You know, I'm <laughs> ready to walk and play the blues. <laughs> Now, I've been doing this show for over 12 years, and I know there is a blues scene in Spain, but you're the first person from Spain that I've ever interviewed. So what is the blues scene like over there? Well, the, uh, the blues is, is universal music. You know, I was, I, I was learning to play the blues when I was a kid in Argentina. Because I was born in Spain, but my fa- parents moved to Latin America when I was nine years old. And I started to play the guitar in Argentina. I, I can tell you, uh, the Argentina is the, Buenos Aires is the city of the blues in, in Latin America. There is a full tradition of the guitar player, bands, and also blues and Spanish language. Right. And full of amazing guitar players. That was my first experience in, in blues. Uh, I, I learned to play the guitar in Argentina, and my influence in that era, I, I started to play in 1969. Uh, all my influence coming from the British blues. You know, my first influence coming from Cream, uh, John Mayer and the Blues Breakers, Fleetwood Mac, Black Sabbath too. You know, I love, uh, of course, Led Zeppelin. I was going to say, I've got a list here of some of your influences. You've got Led Zeppelin, the Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Santana, BB right. King. Jimi I mean, I'm all, all school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all, a real all, all school. I come from the 60s and 70s. That is my uh, music uh, education. Who introduced you to the music? Was it just what was around you at the time, or was it your family? One neighborhood in, in the north Argentina, in a city called Mendoza, my neighborhood, uh, uh, when I was uh, I was maybe ten years old, he had a band of uh, you know he rehearsal in the apartment, and I knocked the door all the time to watch in the rehearsal. And this guy had a very cool uh, record collection. Uh, he showed me for the first time Jimmy Kendrick's uh, uh, Electric Ladyland or Axis Ball of Love and Sgt. Pepper, Beatles, The Kings. And uh, I think it was me, my first contact in real time with a band and uh, somebody who are collecting vinyls, you know. Yeah. Was that what inspired you to play guitar then? Well, I when I listened to blues, I I was falling in love with that music, and the only thing that I want in my life is get a guitar and play the blues and quit the school, yeah. <laughs> play the guitar. I I hate being in the school. Yeah. I don't like studying. You know, I I was autodidact. You know, I I I I learned the guitar. Listen, uh, I was listening the radio, and when I listen in the radio, I try to play with my finger. You know. Yeah, my school coming from radio and things like that. You know, also I was very bad a student. Also for music, you know, I learned to play the guitar like a, you know, like a, I, I listen something. I try to play with my fingers, but I never learn music and nothing. I I I get the guitar and maybe in two months I know how to play something of your love or or song from the Beatles or Rolling Stones or you know. 
Do you think learning like that, learning by ear, do you think that helps you develop your unique style? Right, yeah, because in that era, we don't have nothing like now, internet and YouTube, and it was, now it's very easier to any, any new musician got all the information in the mobile or in the laptop. But then that moment uh, that I started to play guitar in the 60s, if you want to uh, learn, you need to go to the concerts, to club, to rehearsal places. I was with my ears and my eyes very open to know what nice, very cool band you you got in the city. Yeah. And uh, some people tell me, hey, man, this band is playing kind of blues and rock and roll. It's very fantastic, the guitar player. And I move like crazy to the club or disco or whatever to watching the guy play. And uh, somebody told me, hey, this guy is amazing player. I have a, a real Les Paul, Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. He plays a big sustain. And uh, that was my first influence, you know. Go to the places yeah. and watching good musicians. And when I moved to, I, that was first in Argentina. And after my parents moved to Venezuela, Venezuela are, in that era was more near to United States. And the, the influence in Venezuela was more like a Latin jazz. I'm full of really, really cool musicians. Yeah. From, from, from uh, some people from Venezuela uh, working in New York or Miami and come back to Venezuela and the school was completely American. Uh, they play like, uh, you know, the people love in Venezuela, Humble Pie, uh, Grand Fan Railroad, Alman Brothers. And I, that was a really school, good school for me because I, I was, every weekend I moved to places, there is some concert local band. Well, to me, the best way to learn was uh, watching somebody who played fantastic and try to learn the, the chops, you know. Yeah. And the way they play and the amplifier, what they have, the, the everything, you know. And uh, that, was, uh, that is what I take the decision in 1973 to, to move to the uh, United States. I moved to, to Nashville because to me, Venezuela was very, very small place to the knowledge, you know, I want to learn more. And yeah. I want I, I want to move to the place where everything happened, you know. Uh, I was in Nashville and Memphis, and I watching a lot of good players, you know. Yeah. I met Roy Buchanan, uh, Billy Gibbons, uh, Alvin Lee, and a lot of amazing local bands. Incredible. Well, you, you played with many, many people over the years, but then in 1991, you formed the Vargas Blues Band. Now, right. Were these people that you'd played with before, or did you do auditions? Well, uh, before Vargas Blues Band, uh, when I moved to Spain in 1978, I started working with the local uh, bands, also with a Spanish star like Miguel Rios. But in 1983, I think, uh, coming to somebody called Steve Raybon, with the album uh, in a uh, Texas flood, and that album have a big success, and I think that was the the point, a uh, big point to the record companies start to gambling uh, and uh, that target in a blues musician. Yeah, uh, because uh, Steve Ray Bond opened a new market for the blues and this kind of music that I was playing. And that was the moment uh, it all changed in my life. 
and I started to play a lot with my band until in 1991, I found a little company, in the company, to release my first album called All Around Blues. We were saying earlier about your influences, one of which was Santana, and in 1996, you got to play with him in Paris. Yeah, well, I played in Paris, but in 1991, uh, across a friend of Carlos Santana, a, a guy called René Castro. He he was a friend of the wife of Carlos and working in the in the Milagro Foundation of Carlos in, in Frisco. And uh, the guy listened to me uh, playing in a, in, a, in a venue, Blues Latino. And the guy told me, hey, man, that song is really cool. I love uh, pass a CD or, or no, CD or, or, or cassette to Carlos. He's a very good friend of mine. I say, well, okay. But I can't believe it. Carlos will be going to listen to my music. But I give to the guy a uh, cassette. And uh, six months later, Jorge Santana called to my manager to say, hey, Carlos is impressed with that song, Blues Latino. I love the, the guitar playing of Javier. He's able to let uh, us to record in that song in the Santana Brothers album. We are now in the studio, and Carlos one record, recording that song in the album. Unbelievable, you know? Because yeah. Carlos, he, he was recording my song. After two years, he was in Paris, and I moved to Paris because the day after, I have a concert in Montreux. But I passed to, to see Carlos and meet in person, and he invited me to play with him. And after that moment, uh, we shared a stage like 10 times. Yeah. When you played with Prince, obviously he's not associated with the blues, but he was a damn fine guitarist, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I was playing with with Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you recorded your first live album at Buddy Guy's Legends Club in Chicago in 1999, didn't you? Right, right. Uh, we uh, we was uh, the, in, in the 1999. I moved with all my band to Chicago, and we make uh, with the moving unit of the Who. We make a show and we record in live. Only one session with many guests like uh, Sugar Blue or La- Larry McRae, you know. Mm. And we we uh, prepared that show and, and we filming. And we recording and filming that show in Chicago it was incredible. Yeah, and in 2007 you released the album Lost and Found, and that yes. features a version of Layla, sung by Devin Ullman, whose uncle Dwayne Ullman played on the original. Right, uh, I met Devon Ullman a little before because I met Devon Ullman in 19 in 2005. Uh, I was in I was in in, in Memphis and recording in Urban Studios, and the people from Memphis. When I was there recording, I I got uh, many guests. I was with Jack Bruce, with uh, Glenn Hughes, and uh, people like that, you know, in the album. And uh, somebody told me, Javier, uh, the son of this guy, uh, the Greg Alman from Alman Brothers, is in in town. He he lis- listen your music. He like jamming with you, and uh, they won't come to. Uh, he was in the studio and he coming to uh, join us and jamming, and from that uh, 
moment and situation, he uh, joined the recording of the album uh, Love Union Peace, and he made with me two songs, you know, uh, Magic of the God, the Blues World. He played in two so uh, tunes of the album. Mm. And that was the beginning. But after that, uh, we make a tour in Europe together. We was in Germany, we toured in uh, Macedonia, and also we was in a, a Notre Dame Blues Festival. And that recording that you listen in the album, Lost and Found, was made in recording live in, in Notre Dame Blues Festival. We're recording Status Boros Blues and uh, One Way Out from Arman Brothers and Leila too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Ardent Studios there in Memphis. And in 2008, you recorded Flamenco Blues Experience in that studio. Right. So is, is that one of your favorite places to record then? Well, and then it's amazing, amazing studio. It's, it's, it's a magic studio. But the, all the studios that I recorded in, in Memphis or Las Vegas, or I was in Austin, Texas too. All the, in America, they know how to record in rock and blues. And all the studios have something magic. But especially Arden is a very legendary studio because there they make a plenty uh, recordings of uh, legendary people like also Lex Zeppelin, Armand Brothers, BB King, Stephen Ray Bond. You know the album, the album of CC Top uh, Eliminator was recorded there. Yeah. And imagine they they got like a, a it's not only one studio; they have maybe have three studios in Arden, and all have a Neef uh, mixing board. And uh, the, the 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 guys of the studio are incredible. The, the technique, the personal, the team of the studios, the, the top people. Yeah. And they they have everything what you need. You know, any kind of effect, bulb, and the and the sound of the of the room is is big, big rooms for recording the drummer, the drums, the amplifier. Everything sounds really 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 cool. You know for. Also, you know, Stevie Ray Bond recording there a lot of uh, albums. In 2009, you recorded Vargas Blues Band Comes Alive with Friends, featuring a whole mm. host of guests. Well, that was all recorded in one take with no overdubs, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it was recorded in one take, very crazy, but one take, no overdubs, no, not, no nothing, it's just coming and recording from the mixing board to a, a, a Pro Tool. And nothing more with son son and after we moved to Ibiza because uh, the guy who recording the 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 album was the producer of Duran Duran and Andy Taylor. Yeah. It's called Henry is is the name of the guy is Henry Sarmiento. Well you were saying right at the start that you're looking forward to playing again. So what are your plans? Well, now I have a new album that I was recording in Memphis. It's called Back in Memphis. And it's, it was, it was uh, the, the release was uh, three months ago. And now I'm in the middle of promotion of this album. I recording in, in Cotton Route studio in Memphis with uh, Steve Pops and drums, uh, David Smith and Liz Williamson and keyboard, Hammond B3, and uh, Nico Lira, the sound man, and... Uh, Bobby Alexander, uh, and I'm now in the middle of the promotion of this album. I'm recording some of my music, some of my blues, but uh, I do some covers on C.C. Hill, for example, or some, some kind of, you know, 
I'm, I'm involved now in the promotion and I, I want to start to play a little bit. I have a gig the 11th of February and I hope, you know, this year everything getting better. And I like back to England to try to play. You know, the last time I make a tour in England open with the choir boys. Right. right. I, yes, I, I make like a 20 gigs or more open for the choir boys was back in, you know, in 2000. 2012 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, well, and my plan now is uh, go into the promotion of this uh, album, and I, also I'm going to record in a new album with the nephew of Mick Jagger, uh, John Byron Jagger. Uh, wow. I work in a new song with John, and uh, maybe we're going to record in the, 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 the album in Memphis, mm -hmm. and we try to invite... Uh, some some English musician Ben Waters maybe the piano player from Charlie Watts maybe appear in the album right. and we try to have some special guests in the album and I work in a ten song with John Byron Jagger to do you know I'm I'm very open to produce different kind of projects yeah. and different kind of you know I I love uh, working in the studio I love uh, experiment with the music and I like some writing. Also, you know, this album that I, we joined, we have uh, 10 crazy good songs. Yeah. And I, you know, I crazy to go to the studio and, uh, you know, and I was, you know, recording the back in class in Memphis and after, you know, do something like that, you know, uh, working in this project. Uh, with, uh, maybe I'm I going to start to recording also a new album with Vikings of Blues. It's a, with a girl from, also she's from Manchester, it's called Jessica Howe. It's an English girl from Manchester. We got, we recorded in the last year album called Soul Food. And maybe we're gonna work in and some writing and new songs. So my, my, my future is around the music, around the rock, the blues, and try to play live the more that we can. You know, I hope this pandemic start to finish and all the bands we can be able to back to the road again. Yeah, well, don't we all? I, I certainly hope so. And I hope we get to see you over here in the United Kingdom. I, I love go to England. To me, England is the, the, the beer of the rock and the sort of kind of the more beautiful bands and incredible story of rock. And to me, when I go to England, I have inspiration because I know many crazy things happen there in the music. Yeah, A lot of incredible bands coming from England. Thank you for taking the time out to do this, and hopefully we can do it again sometime. Okay, thank to okay. you for the interview. Nice to talk to you, okay? Uh, okay, you okay. take care. And I hope you enjoyed that little interview there. And there will be more as we record more for the show. And we are going to delve into the archives and pull some of the old ones out as well. So plenty more to come. And of course, if you want to hear the whole show, there is always Listen Again. I'll see you next time. Take care.